the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Cornerstone Connection with Pastor Gary Hamrick. Real love is calling, listen, and it is amazing. And if you've ever experienced this, you know what I'm talking about. You take all of this gloom and this discouragement and the darkness of the valley that you're in. You go somewhere quiet, sit under some tree or some place where you won't be bothered by anybody. You just start reading the Bible. And it is amazing how God's Word begins to strengthen the soul of the weary. You can get up from that place, not, not like it's all completely better, but strengthened for another day. This is Cornerstone Connection, the radio ministry of Pastor Gary Hamrick of Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg, Virginia. Pastor Gary is teaching through Psalms. The Bible is a God-given tool which can guide and comfort us throughout our lives. Pastor Gary reminds us today just how powerful God's Word is. During the harsh seasons of our lives, we must remember the peace and truth which the Bible can bring us. The knowledge which it has must not be underestimated. If you are in a season of great tribulation, open your Bible and pray for God's comfort through it, for it may have the calming words you need to hear. It has the power to help you get up and move forward. At the close of Pastor Gary's message today, I'll be sharing with you how you can get a copy of today's broadcast of Cornerstone Connection. Subscribe to the podcast or get in touch with us. But for now, let's join Pastor Gary in Psalms chapter 119 for part two of today's message titled, The Blessings and Benefits of the Bible. And while, as I said, this promise is to all, no matter what your status, no matter what your nationality, no matter what your gender, it, it, it relates to all. That said, there is one particular group that the psalmist singles out about the importance of the Bible, and that group is mentioned in verse 9. What is the group that he singles out? Just shout it out to me. What is the group? Young men. Verse 9. How can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. So the promise is really open to all, but it is particularly relative to young men. Why? Because young men are on fire. Young men are on fire. There is something that is coursing through their veins that has ignited a passion in them. It's called testosterone. Have you ever heard of it? And testosterone changes cuddly, little, soft, playful boys into lean, mean testosterone machines with one thing on their mind. Now, listen, this is a little biology lesson. This is why I have the drawing board here, friends. 
It's not going to get too graphic. Relax. All of us have a little bit of testosterone, a little bit of estrogen. You ladies have a little bit of testosterone, but mostly estrogen. Men have mostly uh, testosterone, a little bit of estrogen. Okay? What happens in the life of a young man is when a boy gets to about 14, there is a surge of testosterone through his veins. But you ladies don't always understand this because you're not wired the same way. This is why you look at your men and you say to them, do you think about anything else besides that one thing? I can't believe, are you always saying, you are disgusting. You're, dis you're disgusting. I can't believe you. You're disgusting. I mean, ladies, let me say something to you. Here's the camera right here. Ladies, we're not, we're not as disgusting as you think. We're far worse. You don't want to know. Far worse. You know, ladies, you go around going, what are you thinking? What do you think? You don't want to know. Stop asking us that. <laughs> now, what happens in the life of a boy who's 14 years old, surge of testosterone, roughly, average age. Then when he gets to be 18, it spikes. It spikes, and then it trails off. So if you were to draw it, it would kind of look like this. So he reaches 18, and it spikes, and then it trails off like this. And then he dies. <laughs> Thanks to Mark Gunger for that illustration. But th this, this, is, this is the way kind of life is. And so that's why some of you ladies, I can't believe this. I can't believe. There's a reality here. And this needs to be understood. There's a physiological reality that intersects with the spiritual reality. It's the reason why the psalmist says, how can a young man keep his way pure? Notice he did not say, how can a 90-year-old grandma keep her way pure? <laughs> grandma doesn't have the same thing going on. And this needs to be talked about. The psalmist understands this. This is a reality particularly for young men that young men need to get and that you who are married to a young man or have young men as sons need to understand because the physiological reality of what happens in this God-given surge of testosterone makes it, listen to this statement, I'm going to make it, makes it more challenging for young men to live a clean life. I didn't say impossible, I said more challenging. Let me illustrate it this way. You know, some people who can eat anything and they just never gain weight. We hate those people, right? But they can eat anything. I shouldn't say that. This is church. <laughs> we, we love them in the love of Jesus. But, but they can eat anything and they don't seem to gain weight. And then other people look at food and you put on a few pounds. Okay. Now, both, both kinds of people can arrive at the right weight, but it's more challenging for some. Because whether it's high metabolism or low metabolism or whatever the thing might be, you can still both reach the same ideal weight. But for some people, it comes a little bit more naturally. For other people, it's a little more challenging because of what might be going on perhaps metabolically. We need to make reality and, and understand in terms of the physiological aspect of a man and particularly the surging testosterone in a, in a young man that there is a challenge that he faces. Not an impossible one but a challenging one. And all the more reason why young men need to get the word of God into their hearts and into their lives. That's the reality. When it comes to dealing with temptation and sexual desires, getting the Bible in his heart is a particular help for a young man to rein in his God-given desires and urges. Again, this is a promise to all 
Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you, Lord. But this is particularly important to young men. We are facing an epidemic of young men who are addicted to video gaming and viewing pornography. There was a study done by psychologist and professor emeritus at Stanford University by the name of Philip Zimbardo back in 2015, who did research that resulted in the publication of a book that he wrote. I'm not promoting the book or endorsing the book, but what he found was something that he called a crisis of masculinity, end quote. Because in his study of young men, what he discovered was their obsessive, and that term can be defined, but what defines obsessive? But in his opinion, their, their obsessive uh, preoccupation with video games and the viewing of pornography. And he spoke about it as a crisis of masculinity in this generation. He said, quote, it begins to change brain function." It begins to change the reward center of the brain and produces excitement and addiction. And he added, quote, what I'm saying is boys' brains are becoming digitally rewired, end quote, through video games and the viewing of pornography. Now, that's a psychologist speaking. So as a pastor, let me say this. The Bible can rewire what was rewired in your brain, Okay. And that's the beauty of scripture. But let me speak a moment directly to the young men in the crowd. Young men, you need, you need to understand why this verse is so important for your lives. And you, you need to understand the importance and the significance of the Bible in your lives. Your sex drive and your physiological changes of your body are quite normal and they are God-given. But it is like a river. A river that overruns its banks becomes destructive flooding and destroying lives and homes and crops and businesses. When a river overflows its banks, it becomes a destructive force. And then often we see on the news when that kind of thing happens and whole communities or states are flooded, declarations of emergencies are declared. State of emergencies are declared. That's how a river can be destructive. But... A river within its banks is a very wonderful thing. It provides water to the thirsty. It is something that can be used to convert energy with hydroelectric power plants. Uh, water can be, rivers can be siphoned to irrigate crops. They can be a very beautiful and serene thing kept within the banks. The Bible will help you to keep your God-given desires and urges within the banks. So I challenge you, I challenge all of us, but particularly those of you who are young men, read your Bibles. If you want to have victory over sexual temptation and desires, you know, don't pray. I had a guy years ago when I was a high school youth pastor came up to me and said, Pastor Gary, the high school guy, he said, would you, would you pray that the Lord takes away my sex drive? No, because God kind of gave that to you. But I will pray that God will help you to keep it under his control and to manage it properly. Reading the Bible will go a long ways to strengthening the riverbanks so that it doesn't become something disastrous, but it becomes something that God intended it to be, which is a beautiful thing kept within its proper limits. And so 
Read your Bibles. Look, stop playing video games. It's time to grow up. Get into the real world. Stop playing video games. And certainly stop watching pornography. Consider how different your life will be if you were to take the same amount of time you do those things and start reading the Bible. How transformational might that be in your life? So I I say it again, you know, look, the the first point was that it produces a blessed life. There's no shame. I don't bring any of this up to shame anybody. I'm saying your struggle is normal. Your struggle is is, uh, shared by every other man in this room. And and ladies, I get too that you're you're not, um, you know, excluded from this as well. But there is a reality of of another level among young men. So just for the purpose of this verse, directing it to young men, my words are directed to you, young men, not to shame in any way, but to say, we all get it. We all understand it. Now, how can we use the Bible as that vessel to help us rein in our God-given desires and temptations? Uh, The temptations are not God-given, but the desires that God gives us that could otherwise lead to things uh, that, that are not godly. So... Read the Bible and let it get it into your hearts. Let it saturate your mind. Let it saturate your soul and see how transformational it will be, particularly in this area. Number three, the third section teaches us this. It shields us against the slander and gossip from others. If you look at verses 17 to 24, the the letter in the Hebrew alphabet is Gimel. And in verse 17, the psalmist says, Do good to your servant, and I will live. I will obey your word. Open, your, open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. I am a stranger on earth. Do not hide your commands from me. My soul is consumed with longing for your laws at all times. You rebuke the arrogant who are cursed and who stray from your commands. Remove from me scorn and contempt, for I keep your statutes. Though rulers sit together and slander me, Your servant will meditate on your decrees. Your statutes are my delight. They are my counselors. So the key verse here is verse 23, where, again, the psalmist writes, Though rulers sit together and slander me, your servant will meditate on your decrees. Now, I'm reading for NIV, so it says, slander me. If you have New King James, it says that they speak against me. If you have an ESV, it says they plot against me. It still is this picture of people who get together in a room and they talk badly about you. They slander you. They gossip about you. What, what are you to do? And so the psalmist says, you know, there's people doing this. They're slandering me. They're, they're, they're speaking against me. They're plotting against me. Uh, and, and he says, so I'm going to meditate on your decrees, Lord. He said, that's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to focus on your, on your word and I'm going to get my mind in, in the Bible. Now, the promise here is not that, you know, God's going to shield us from slanders and gossipers because all of a sudden we start reading the Bible and then people will look at us and say, oh, you're reading your Bible, so we're going to leave you alone. They're going to keep slandering you. They're going to keep gossiping about you. But what the writer is saying here is that what it means is that when people do slander you and gossip about you, that it won't have the same effect of getting into your heart because your heart has been shielded by the Word of God. So in other words, in a very practical sense... The idea is because you get into the Bible, you will then really gain an understanding of your identity in Christ. And that's important for life, to understand who you are in Christ, how he loves you, how he created you, how he died for you, how he has a purpose and a plan for your life. And then when we get this solid identity of who we are in Christ, then what happens is when people want to say, 
all of the stuff they want to say about us, it rolls off us. It, it doesn't have the effect because we know who we are in Christ. So, so people could say all they want about us, but we know who we are. And so we're not bothered or moved by the slander of the gospel of other people. Ask yourself this, and this will be a test as to whether or not maybe you need to be kind of in the Bible more. Ask yourself, am I able to easily deflect what people say about me when they slander me and gossip me? Or does it gnaw at me? Does it gnaw at me? And do you find yourself rehearsing those things? So you, you go through the day say, I can't believe they said this about me. And you just start rehearsing that all the time. Or here's another thing you might tend to do. You'll go to some of your closest friends and you'll say, can you believe so-and-so said this about me? Hoping that they will affirm you and discredit what the other person said who was slandering or gossiping about you. All those kinds of things are, are really an indication that you're taking slander and gossip too much to heart and that what you really need to do is get an understanding of who you are in Christ so that when people say what kind of stuff they might want to say about you, it doesn't stick. It doesn't stick. We need, we need to get our hearts and our minds wrapped around Scripture so that we can be able to more easily deflect some of the comments and slanders and gossiping things people will say, which is why the psalmist here in the end of verse 23, says, this is what I'm going to do instead of listening to all this nonsense. He says, I'm going to meditate on your decrees. Circle the word meditate in your Bibles. I'm going to meditate on your decrees. The word meditate in the Bible has the connotation of ruminating. You know, ruminants are those animals like deer and sheep and, and cows that, that chew their cud so that, you know, they eat in the morning, they graze in the morning, and then later in the afternoon, you know, they burp it up and they start chewing it part two. That's the idea behind the word meditate in the original Hebrew language. It's like ruminate on it. Feast on God's word early in the morning. Start your day. I'm, I'm not trying to throw legalism on you. I'm just saying I recommend that you start your day by reading the Bible. Get it into your hearts early in the day so that then later in the day when, when you know, you're going through some, some tough times and you need to then just belch it back up and start chewing on it again. Get God's word into your heart and then through the day just ruminate on it and start meditating on it and remember what you read in the morning and let it just kind of soak your soul. You remember after the death of Moses, Joshua succeeded Moses and God had to give Joshua a little bit of a pep talk before Joshua assumed the role of leading the people into the promised land. And this is what God said to Joshua in chapter 1 of Joshua verse 8. God said to him, do not let the book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. God said to Joshua, the key to your success will be the degree to which you meditate on my word and you do not let the law of the Lord depart from your mouth. Keep it in. The fourth and the final point for today, and then we'll pick it up when I'm back in two weeks, is how it strengthens the weary. It's the fourth section. The Hebrew letter is Dalet. Starts at verse 25. Let me read down through verse 32. I am laid low in the dust. Preserve my life according to your word. I recounted my ways and you answered me. Teach me your decrees. Let me understand the teaching of your precepts. Then I will meditate on your wonders. My soul is weary with sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. Keep me from deceitful ways. Be gracious to me through your law. I have chosen the way of truth. I have set my heart on your laws. I hold fast to your statutes, O Lord. Do not let me be put to shame. 
I run in the path of your commands, for you have set my heart free. So, number four, it strengthens the weary. Key verses here, verses 25 and 28. Verse 25, he starts out this section saying, I am laid low in the dust. Preserve my life according to your word. Verse 28, he says, my soul is weary with sorrow. Strengthen me according to to your word. This is a very gloomy section here, but it's a very real section because many of us will go through something similar. He starts out this section by basically describing a time in his life when he was literally face down in the dirt. That's what he means there in verse 25. I'm laid low in the dust. There's something going on in his life that he's been crushed and the weight of life has taken its toll on him. And he's literally on his face before God. And he's crying out to him. It seems as if in this section that he has lost all strength and all vitality and even perhaps hope for living. He says, this is where I am. My face is just in the dirt. And some of you can relate to this. You've been in a very low place spiritually and emotionally in your life. A variety of things can trigger it. Often grief is one of the worst and most painful emotions to try to deal with. And you might identify with this. Say, there was a time I was on my face before God and just beside myself, feeling like my life was just completely zapped of all its strength and energy and vitality and hope. This is the psalmist. My soul is weary with sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. So what does he do? He turns to the scriptures. He starts reading the word of God. There is something to be said about when we are in a very dark and gloomy place, spiritually or emotionally, of taking our Bibles to some solitary place and just reading scripture alone, just getting quiet before God, And it is amazing. And if you've ever experienced this, you know what I'm talking about. You take all of this gloom and this discouragement and the darkness of the valley that you're in. You go somewhere quiet, sit under some tree or someplace where you won't be bothered by anybody. You just start reading the Bible. And it is amazing how God's word begins to strengthen the soul of the weary. You can get up from that place, not, not like it's all completely better but strengthened for another day. In time, God, God works out his good purposes in our heart. I don't want to suggest that, oh, you're going through a horrible thing, just read your Bible for an hour and it'll all go away. It doesn't often work like that, but at least what happens is we get these moments of strengthening from the Lord as we just start to read his word, and it gives us the ability to press on for another day. And then we do it again. And it gives us the strength to press on for another day. And we do it again. Because this life can take its toll on our souls. And when you feel weary and overwhelmed and crushed by life, take your Bible somewhere, quietly between you and the Lord. Read your Bibles. And watch how the Lord will strengthen your soul. May God give us a deep appreciation for his word and a growing love 
for his word. Amen. Each psalm we read is intended to point us to one thing, the sovereignty of our Creator. Through pain, tears, joy, and praise, we meet a new characteristic of God with each new chapter. Though we don't know the melodies that accompany this collection of old, we benefit from the deeply passionate and poetic words. We hope your soul has been touched by the teaching you heard today on Cornerstone Connection. Pastor Gary Hamrick will return soon with more from this Old Testament book. But in the meantime, you'll be able to find additional messages at cornerstoneconnection.cc. We'd like to encourage you to download our mobile app while you're there so you can stay connected to God's Word wherever you happen to be. Each day can be made brighter by the love and power of our Lord. And it's so convenient to have it right at your fingertips. If you live in or are visiting the Leesburg area, We'd love for you to come be a part of our weekly worship services on Sundays. Cornerstone Chapel meets at 8.30, 10, and 11.45 a.m. each week. Or try our Wednesday night Bible study at 7 p.m. For directions and more information, visit cornerstoneconnection.cc. That's all for today, but be sure to join us next time for another in-depth look at the Psalms right here on Cornerstone Connection. They say you're a wandering soul That you've got no place to go But still you know You're not alone Real love is calling Listen, truth opens up your eyes Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.